Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of 7-Minute Scaling Secrets, where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today, we have a special guest, Derek Chu, who has pivoted an entire industry on his head. And uh, I think it's really going to be interesting to see how he did it and why he actually made this pivot. This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join the foundation program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that you can get $100,000 a month at least with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com slash foundation today and now back to the episode. Uh, Derek, welcome to the show and please tell the audience you know more about yourself what happened and you know where you are right now well thank you for having me firstly alvin um hello everyone my name is derek i'm the creative director of sightlines entertainment uh we started out as a company producing live theater events uh and as alvin mentioned you know the, the biggest buzzword of, the, of of covid was pivot so in the last two years we've actually pivoted to becoming a creative studio that produces um, immersive theatrical experiences, combining both film, theater, and gaming with technology uh, to create a, an experience that uh, for an, 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 an entertainment for people that may not be uh, able to, to, to now go out in the live uh, setting, perhaps during COVID, or, or are looking for interesting experiential activities and entertainment uh, in this new kind of, you know, um, COVID uh, uh, world. Right. Yeah, so that's that's our, our, our kind of pivot as a company. So this happened, this started when, you know, the pandemic started, I guess, in 2020? Mm-hmm. 2020, yeah. 2020, uh, 2020, right? So yeah. this is really interesting because you, you, you not just only like pivoted an entire industry, you've started to really evolve as well, right? It's not just a simple thing where, oh, you know, the pandemic hit, you know, people can't go out and therefore we shall go online. You've now created a series of entertainment events that integrate various aspects. You've mentioned it uh, just now where you said that mm. there's tech elements, right? There's immersive elements. Uh, there's even face to f- a different face-to-face experience. How did the evolution happen? Like, are you a tech person? No, I, I, I think, uh, you know, everyone in my team, my friends will tell you that I am actually uh, really a tech idiot. So when it comes to tech, I, I, you, you, if you remember, I called you for some tech help along right. the way for, for the, the recent project. So I, I'm really called a tech, tech idiot. But I think um, what, what got me going was really about this motto that I, and this quote that I actually learned from um, a business mentor that I attended. Uh, um, called Marshall Turber, a class that, that he taught. And he actually mentioned that you cannot use the methods of uh, yesterday to compete in the economies of tomorrow. And, and that has really stuck through me, you know, through, through my entire journey as an entrepreneur in the past, even till now. And, and, and you would agree with me that in every business, is change is, 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 always, is always there. And, 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 and you, you need to be adaptable to change. You need to be agile and, and you just need to just move with it, right? So I think that was something that, 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 that learning that I had in the past that, that carried me through, through this, this entire journey. Um, 
this this to just share you know the story in a in a in a, in a nutshell. Uh, in 2020, I was supposed to do a a big production, and this was to sold to schools. We sold out. We we you know we were able to 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 yeah. Basically, everything was 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 going well. This was supposed to be in February 2020, and all of a sudden in January 2020, we heard the news about COVID, and the schools started pulling out, and 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 we were all in a loss, right? But I think during circuit breaker, during lockdown, it gave us really a lot of opportunities to 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 try new things and to evolve and to evaluate right. and i think that was that that process where we started trying new things um and 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 because of you know being locked down we we had a lot of opportunities to meet new people online and 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 work with various industries and different people you see so so basically you're right uh how and we have just evolved into working with various industries tech video you know and all these different elements games uh, to combine them into something what to, uh, to to what we do today. Wow. And how does this work? Like, so do you now have a tech team in-house? Is that something that you started developing over the months since the pandemic struck? Mm. Or do you have partners mm. that you work with? Yeah. Uh, is so, this something that like somebody that has like maybe little capital or no capital, is is that something that people can do with their businesses? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks for for, for my friends in the industry or, or, you know, for people in general, they think that, oh, tech is very expensive or it's having to develop something, everything from scratch. But I think, you know, uh, uh, even in tech, right, I, I think that there is that saying, uh, uh, what evolve a test and then fail quickly and then it, change and then trade, yes. you know no tech ling- lingos right uh because i and, and because having to, you know m- m- meeting all these people i i now now have that, that that kind of lingo and stuff uh but essentially what we did was we we were connected to various tech people and during uh covid obviously everybody was trying to help one another and was very free also so we we basically said okay what if we come together and collaborate and partner together and and, and do this together right so uh in terms of tech how does that happen? You know, businesses all want to be tech enabled. Does tech require a lot of capital? Like, how do you start from somebody that, you know, doesn't really know tech, doesn't really have a lot of tech traditionally, but now is like so tech enabled. How does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. You're completely right that I, I have zero tech. Um, everyone will tell you on my team that I'm really, you know, a tech idiot and stuff. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, uh, um, when it comes to tech, uh, the, the biggest uh, kind of uh, 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 concern that, you know, I think a lot of my peers and people in the industry also fear is that, oh, it's really costly. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have the capability to develop, you know, this entire thing. And, and, and the thing is, you don't know what you don't know, right? Um, but I think for us, uh, we've been really fortunate that, that you know, we've been connected to the right people. Um, and, and I think also... Since I mean during the during COVID during lockdown, um, because everyone is you know wanting uh, is wanting to do something, uh, even the tech guys, right, and right. And, and and wanting to help each other. So I think we we had a lot of collaboration going on. So we never kind of um develop anything in house. It was really about collaborating with you know different partners. Uh, and I believe that collaboration moving forward in this new world and the new economy that is going to be the way forward. Like how you know people come together to work together. Right. Um. And so, so yeah. So so even in our first project, still now, uh, we've 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 always been working on a collaboration model, 
Uh, and then also, of course, creating the product together and then, of course, you know, looking at profit sharing and stuff like that. So um, that's how we've been working. And and uh, along the way, obviously, we, we we had to learn different things because it was a new way of working. It right. was a new way of, of, you know, a new vocabulary even because I, I don't know all these things, right? Uh, but but I think now, after two years, we've kind of developed a, a, a structure, an SOP. Um, yeah. and, um, and, and yeah, that, that's how we've actually worked together. And I think, um, businesses should be open, should, should think about collaborating and, and, and be open for such, um, partnerships. Yeah. I love that. Um, it doesn't just happen in tech actually. Sometimes the best things that, uh, can happen is, uh, every single entrepreneur that, you know, I know are very, very resourceful. And I think that defines entrepreneurship. The, the ability to pool resources from places that you know conventionally are not are not seen to be uh, possible, and in the end, it's a win-win arrangement that we all want, right? Everybody wants exactly. uh, to win in some sense, right? Like whether it's to get more exposure, to get more clients, to get more revenue, and mm-hmm. to figure out a win-win arrangement, I think is the best way forward. No matter what it is, not not just tech. It could be a product. It could be something. Um, and yes, as entrepreneurs, we don't have everything at our disposal. Sometimes we don't have the knowledge. Sometimes we don't have the capital, but I love what you said about collaboration and finding partners out there that could potentially help us and get us towards those objectives that we want. And sometimes it just requires more creativity in, in piecing together that win-win arrangement so that both parties can benefit from it. Absolutely love it. So you are now a tech-enabled, immersive, integrated, uh, you know, highly experiential entertainment uh, powerhouse. I think that's that's <laughs> the best way to describe you right now. I think there are a lot of adjectives. Um, tell tell us more about how your typical consumer, your customer, has evolved. I'm sure mm-hmm. before COVID, before 2020. Uh, your customer was probably a certain type. And, and right now, has that demographic changed? I think talking about customer, and I and that, that's really something that I, I strongly believe in. And, and I think that's where we really you know, align on the same, same level, right? I think my biggest gripe uh, is that um, how in Singapore, at least, you know, the enter- and I won't say entertainment, but theater and, and, and the arts, it's always seemed to be very highbrow, very, you know, Royal Shakespeare English <laughs> and high up there. And, you know, it's not for the, the common man. And, you know, it's about abstract art and everything else. And that's my biggest gripe because I, I strongly believe that theater and the arts should be accessible to everyone. And because it has, you know, the power to, 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 to just basically, um, uh, uh, lift people up but but more than just lift people up it teaches so many things you know empathy and about life and, and about emotions and journey and and, and just appreciation and, and everything else right so um that must that's my biggest gripe and and i think my 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 mission from day one in in setting up sidelines entertainment was always about how can we make art accessible and how can we reach our audience and grow our audience and and my biggest dream at the end of the day is to develop and grow an audience of Singapore that can be a bit more appreciative to arts and culture. And, and you know, in, in their vocabulary of what should we do this weekend, going to the museums or watching a theatre show, going for a concert will be part of that vocabulary at some point in, 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 in Singapore's <laughs> life or journey, right, in, in the years. Um, 
And so back to your question about how, how has my audience evolved? I think even since day one, we were doing live theatre shows, but they were a lot of um, school outreach. So they're really driven to students because I right. I saw that as, you know, could be the, the, you know, the, the seed that we sow, right, and in, 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 in the young. Um, but because of COVID, we couldn't really reach out to them. And there's a lot of regulations, as you know, and MOE and live, live shows and stuff like that. So, but using that same... Um, belief mission and 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 wanting to you know reach out to our target audience we started developing you know our our various entertainment shows that that is in line with what what the mission was right which is really wanting to reach out to making art accessible and, and entertain the audience and stuff and we begin to see with tech especially being able digital being able to scale we begin to see firstly a, a massive growth of numbers that we've never perhaps have in a live show because there's always, you know, a, a cap uh, in terms of capacity, sit, uh, sitting capacity. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing, we begin to see a growth in, in in new audiences. And how do I know this? It's because through various feedback forms or through various conversations or, or, or even IG, social media posting and stuff like that, we begin to see that, oh, these people actually will never step in the theatre. And we're getting them on our events or on our experiences. And so I think we are on the right track. We yeah. can do a lot more, but it's very heartening to know that, you know, when you stick, when you have a very strong purpose and mission, and when you are very clear of who your target audience is, then you create your product to feed both the mission and your, and your, and your market. Um, yeah, and, then, love, and then that, that, that will match. Lah. I love that. Uh, is you've actually created a brand new demographic, a brand new avatar that you're reaching out to. And these are the people who are tech first right? The younger people, the people mm -hmm. who embrace technology, who have technology in all aspects of their lives and immediately are more, uh, you know, this immediately appeals to them a lot more. You've definitely made me more cultured. I've attended more shows than I have in my entire life, uh, just based on what Sightlines is doing. So I, I definitely see that, that growth that you had and that, that pivot affecting not just mm -hmm. your, your business, but also bringing on board that new customer demographic. And I think that's something that's really cool for most businesses to start to ask themselves about because who you're serving ultimately is the customer. And, and exactly. the other part of it is really finding out uh, what other customer uh, demographics or, uh, you know, other, other customer Market. types that you can reach out to. Right. And mm -hmm. knowing that allows you to piece together all these things, you know, how do you, how does your business evolve? What, what mm -hmm. business model are you doing and is that still serving your needs in this economy or tomorrow's economy? And uh, I think that's a very powerful frame of mind to have, no matter what business we're running, right? We could be running traditional F&B, we could be running like entertainment, we could be running anything. I think questioning the basic, the, the basic like, um, you know, assumptions that we have on our minds can allow us to really change our business to suit, uh, again, tomorrow's needs. Exactly. And I give you another example. Um, that's it. I think, you know, the, the, the buzzwords now is technology and digitalization and smart nation and stuff like that. But I think also uh, we, we go back to the customer and I think that's something that you've always been championing, right? It's always the customer. And I think also you see this in your business, in your tech business uh, in the past and even currently, right? Um, we, we, it's so important to listen to your customer. 
uh, and also to understand where they are at. Because in, in, in our last experience that we did, Murder at Old Changi Hospital, it was purely tech. Uh, you know, it's almost like we built an entire game on the web browser and stuff like that. But that said, you know, the truth is a lot of people are still quite technical, technically challenged, like me, <laughs> right? So it, I, the biggest lesson I've learned from that was really because we've got a lot of like, you know, queries and, and, and calls about, all you know, tech issues and stuff like that. Although nothing to do with us because, you know, it's always, it has to do with the bandwidth, the server, the, all that things, even like what I have experienced earlier, right? So, but then at the end of the day, it's still your problem because you sold them back, the yeah. product, right? Um, and so because of that, we took all that lessons and we 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 reevaluated. And to us, technology, like you said, must be an enabler for you know uh, the uh, or it has to enable us to present uh, to be able to reach out to our audience. Because if it's a stumbling block, then technology for technology's sake is just you know vanity, right? And it's just yeah. good to have. Uh, and so in our new experience right now, in um, moving forward this year onwards, we've decided to move. Uh, not move away from tech, but combine both on-site live experience with online virtual technology. Because understanding where the people are going uh, towards, people don't want to, to, to watch anything online anymore. People want to get out the house. Yeah. Um, regulations are opening. People want to gather as groups. So knowing and looking at all these trends and, and, and seeing where people you know uh, are going, we also have to evolve. And we cannot just be stuck. Oh, we want to be technology and everything online. So we have evolved now to combine both on-site experience, live experiences with technology and 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 the question that we ask ourselves is also how can we make technology simple and accessible because that is still at the end of the day the mission of, of what we want to do right? i want to make it accessible to people to the masses uh, and so in our new experiences you know we have we've incorporated you know every singaporean uh uh the, the how how every singaporean will know what uh, or rather the the, sim, the common denominator which is qr code and scanning qr code and assessing a web on their phone uh, and so that is how we have kind of listened to our audience, understand where they are going, uh, or understand their needs and where they are meeting them at where they are at and and, and creating the, that product to feed them and to meet, oh. to reach them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's our new direction moving forward. That's such a good point. Uh, I think technology sometimes is seen as, a, you know, a cure-all and sometimes people really make things a lot more complex than it has to be. Uh, that is why in businesses, UI, UX, uh, user interface and user experience, you know, that those are so important because you might have the, fundamentally you have, might, might have a product that you think is so cool and so so technologically like advanced, but if people cannot use it, people don't know how to use it, exactly. it's a bad product, right? Yeah. Uh, and keeping it simple, keeping it to how people know how to use things, uh, letting them truly use technology as a tool rather than a solution. Uh, I think that's a great way of structuring it. Uh, again, I think this applies to any business, right? If you have a business that, you know, really looks at tech and makes it so complex, such that your customer doesn't know how to use it, then I, I think you need to reevaluate things and start considering, you know, what exactly you're trying to achieve. Sometimes, uh, you know, I, 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 I think of uh, Colin Chapman of uh, Lotus, uh, automobile. He has this saying that I absolutely love. And for him, it is to uh, uh, add lightness to their cars and then simplify. So typically with cars, people try to make things as complex as, as possible, adding a lot of electronics, you know, a lot of features. But at the end of the day, maybe you just want to make sure that you add lightness instead. 
so that your cars can perform better, can drive better, maybe are more reliable. Um, and then you can simplify from there. So uh, I absolutely love what you're saying. Um, I've been taking part in experiences that sidelines have been creating and they are very fun. Uh, not like the traditional stuffy theater, theatrical experiences that I was expecting. So I think this is something that people should experience as well. For our audience, what is the best way that they can reach out to you and maybe take part in an experience like this? Mm. So actually talking about uh, experience, we're actually currently actually running one right now. Uh, it's called Time Highs Civic District. Uh, where we combine both, you know, uh, like I said earlier, theater and film with, you know, games and, and it's, it's essentially an outdoor uh, escape game in the city, in the civic district, where you get to run around the entire civic district, stop a time heist from happening. Um, so we're combining elements of money heist, uh, combining elements of uh, Loki, because it's uh, there's some sort of time traveling involved, time bandits, time agents wow. that you have to kind of, you know, uh, hunt and stop and, and, and kind of thing. Um, and also with technology. So you, you play this with a mobile phone in a group or in your group. Uh, and all you have to do, it's so simple, like you mentioned, you have to find QR codes around the city, scan it, and you'll get your mission, you'll get, you know, puzzles to solve and ultimately to stop a time heist from happening. So it's a very fun two to three hours activity over the weekend uh, with friends and family. So that is what we're doing, called Time Heist Civic District. And um, you, you guys can find out more on our website sightlines.com.sg that's s-i-g-h-t-l-i-n-e-s.com.sg that's awesome and this is not just the weekend right like it's available anytime i think exactly so so we're actually running all the way to third of july um okay. and with a potential extension um but yeah it is anytime it's uh when you you, you get when you purchase your tickets uh, it's an open data ticket meaning you can play anytime and any day uh, but uh, you will have to play within uh, between 10 to 5 p.m. because the experience is uh, happening in the day. Cool. I'm sure they can find more information on your website and follow up on this and maybe take part in the experience as well. Absolutely love what you're doing. Love what you've done. Love how you, you've evolved as an entrepreneur. Love how you evolved your business over the months, especially in such a difficult period. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Derek. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of 7-Minute Scaling Secrets. Thank you so much. Thank and I'll thanks, look forward baby. to hearing from you guys in the next episode. Take care.